0: Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by The Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie?
1: Not too bad. Uh, Been a crazy, somewhat distracted week, but get everything done, even if just at the last minute.
0: That's the way we do it, just by the skin of our teeth. Getting in there and summoning um, by the skin of our teeth. I, I wanted to start the show off with a shout-out to our first Extra Life donation that came in over the last week. And that goes to Lady Anya. Thank you so much for the donation. Anya voted for Claude, which is the Verdant Wind route. And I knew that off the top of my head. That's, uh, that's just how I rolled. I didn't have to look it up or spend... Time to look it up. I just knew. Um, so we'll have an email from Lady Anya at the end of the show where she uh, talks about her uh, her choice there and her time with uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. Now back to what we're going to talk about here, which are the summons this week running. We have the weekly revival banner eight heroes with rally plus skills running until the twenty third of September. Phalanx debut one and two, otherwise known as what the heck is going on. And that goes until September 24th. A Splendid Soiree goes until the 25th. To Stay Dreaming goes until the 7th. And Despair and Hopes goes until the 7th as well. Keep in mind those dates are the last full day for North America. We did make that change just recently. So Now, Eddie, I, uh, I, how'd you do? How'd your summoning go?
1: Well, the Despair and Hopes is a new banner. So, of course, I dove in. Uh, You know, we got that, and I went in with the intention of sparking, uh, and then seeing what I decided from there. Uh, And fairly early on, you know, first rain, but not the free summon, I ended up getting a five-star Iliana. So I got the four-star focus character right off the back. But since they've gone back to where they'll double up on a color, and she was sharing with Gatri, I kept going on that color. Uh, Along the way, I got pity to the spark. I got pity broken by Levin. Uh, and, non- and another pity break by Percival, which, if I remember correctly, I'd have to go double check, is the one blue unit outside of this banner that I did not have before at this point. So, cleared out the blues if I get Catri. Well, let's find out if that happened. Uh, and I ended up getting another five star Iliana again before the spark. Uh, with the spark, I grabbed Chinon, uh with it. Probably something I'll regret. Down the line, uh, but you know, uh, because yeah, I did not get Gatry, but I did decide to dive back in and try to get him or maybe Jill from the banner. Uh, with, like I said, hoping for Gatry, and I got a little bit carried away. Uh, I was pretty lucky because I got another Iliana, a Forsyth, another Iliana, and a female Dream Corrin, uh, before getting Jill. And that's where I've ended it for now. I don't know if I'm gonna dive back in looking for that cursed Gotri while he's hiding away from me, but or I guess at this point, the way Iliana's going, maybe I'll plus ten her. <laughs>
0: You know what? You you are you gonna so you, are you actually gonna dive back into the for the great Guthrie? Are you try are you gonna try I, that?
1: I might. I don't know for sure. I might just let it be because, you know, I went for a while without Percival. You know, it'd be nice to only have to hunt for reds on the random banners, but I'll survive if I hunt for reds and blues once this banner ends.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I. I got to say, like, I admire your ability to, to jump in there and, and get get those new heroes. I did not. I... I'm not sure
1: it's admir- admirable, but hey, it is it's what it is.
0: <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to go in there and try to fish out all those new heroes. I mean, personally for me, this is a Tellius series banner, which we're going to talk about later on. I don't have a, an especially close um, relationship with that that series or that the two games based in that area um i appreciate them uh ike obviously i'm very familiar with due to smash and playing the first few chapters of path of radiance um but yeah not not i didn't jump in and you know it could be that it could also be timing i just didn't i don't even think i've done my my free summon um but i did do a free summon on the weekly revival banner 7 which ran last week and i got a free Hinoka blue sky warrior um, which, uh, which was nice cause I hadn't had her before. So I've added yet another flying archer lady to my, uh, heroes collection. So fun times. Nice. Yeah. I was, I, you know, I've been due up for a free summon, free hero, a free five star, you know? Yeah. So.
1: And you got five free summons for the new banner cause we did get a forging bonds with these characters. Yes. Which was interesting to see them. Yeah. And some of the fun little side quests, side stories. There was some interesting
0: well, ones in there. This was definitely fun with the what was it, heavy plate club or whatever. Yes, the heavy plate club. I, I, you know what, I, I, I feel like that's there's actually many of the many of the forging bond stories. This this run around are are kind of silly. Like the other one is uh, Shinon just going around fixing everyone's bows because because yeah. he doesn't appreciate it and be
1: annoyed at them.
0: Yeah. What was it? The ape a ap- apathetic or apathetic uh python? Apathetic was... archer. I mean yes, apathetic archer python. What is it? what is it actually though? Now it is just his
1: subtitle in the game is
0: Apathetic Archer. Oh. I call him apathetic archer. Oh I see. That's the fits, play on words. But... <laughs> well, you know what? It, it this Forging Bond story proved that to you. He's uh he's not great. He's good at shooting a bow, but not so great at maintaining one. <laughs> I always love the forging bond he, stories.
1: I haven't looked into his stats and all the details, but his kit was kind of disappointing, you know. His his attitude has always been his attitude and you know, he's like whatever, but he's usually pretty decent. But yeah. it's just in in this his kit was yeah. Not Look at
0: We'll not, call it a kit, yeah not great, uh speaking of uh we'll call it a kit i don't know i don't know um, <laughs> what is frontline phalanx and and how did I actually miss it how i i, so, I didn't even jump into it by the time I jumped into it i got I, I, it was over, I got a bunch of rewards just by clicking into it didn't do anything, so i I'm guessing I was part yeah. of a team <laughs> you know uh,
1: well, from what I understand, and they may do the uh kind of sharding thing where they do with other big group events but it's just it seems to be everyone against the specific boss you allocate troops i'm gonna be honest i participated, and i still have no clue exactly what it is You, you tell it to send troops and then i don't know how often but every so often it calculates based on various factors and you do or don't successfully defeat the boss. And you do a three, four, and a five-star version of the boss, and you get one hundred and twenty ephemera and six orbs. If you know, and it seems as soon as you beat that one boss, it's over. So, yeah, I I honestly have no clue.
0: Well, I I'll make this promise to our listeners. I will I will jump in right away next time. I just totally lost track of time and. Uh, I mean,
1: by, by the time I hopped in, the third star was already defeated. Yeah, so whatever, whatever a that guys means, Out like, and then. The
0: third, yeah. I I think a lot of people are kind of confused, and and to the point where the game felt the need to explain it twice. So the story is just basically Anna explaining what's going on, and it's a very convoluted, like well there are heroes yeah. from our world but heroes from other worlds so a bunch of order of heroes but we can only send so many troops and the more troops we send the more dangerous it is because the more stretched out we are therefore higher risk higher reward and it's like are you your tutorial this is a tutorial you're not even setting up the story there's no story it's just i don't know a bad guy showed up and then four you know heroes showed up so we're going to send we're going to send our heroes to help those heroes defeat that bad guy Anyways, good luck, and then you jump in and it gives you the traditional sort of like tap through tutorial but mm-hmm. I mean i mean, well, I, I gotta I gotta try it I gotta try it next time, I'll say that
1: yeah it's kind of the story that they're giving for it, you know it, instead of just summoning heroes here, we're sending heroes to other worlds to help them because i I don't know just I guess there are certain worlds where where the characters just Really suck. Yes, I don't know. i Can understand it's, that. You know, theoretically, all these worlds are worlds where you you know the heroes beat off these guys on their own anyway. But I guess there are certain versions where the bad guys overpower them or something, and that's the quote unquote story to it. It's not much story, but then again, most of the events don't really have that much story. So uh, yeah, we have the new mode and. Yeah, it happened, I guess.
0: <laughs> it did. It happened. I missed it. I apologize. We'll sort it out for next time, but we won't know what that next time is until we talk about what's coming up.
1: So, yep, yeah, uh, starting by next week, we have a set of Anaquests starting on the 20th. Uh, Bland Conquest starting on the 21st. We have the Special Heroes Revival, the Performing Arts banner starting on the 22nd. For recall correctly, that's the first Dancer banner. Uh heroes with iceberg banner starting on the twenty-fourth. And a new Hall of Forms starting on the twenty-fifth.
0: Fun times. Looking forward to it. Some great fun coming up in the next week, including Did you say Grand Conquests? I feel like I feel like you skipped over sure, that. Sure, I
1: said I, no, I said land conquests
0: yeah Grand Conquest that's what you said right
1: yes Grand Conquest I mean okay. Grand Conquest
0: alright I just wanted to make sure you got it right this time because I made sure to correct it even though you went in the notes and changed it to Bland Conquest and I changed it back and then you changed it to Bland Conquest and I changed it back so I just and then I not locked true, the cell but... so you couldn't touch it
1: <laughs> just not true I didn't actually change it in the no. notes no I can I can change it on the fly
0: it's true it's true <laughs> He he doesn't need it he's He's not Ron Burgundy. He can. He doesn't have to read off the teleprompter. He can go off script. Yeah, Grand Conquest. Looking forward to that fun on the 21st, just in case anyone missed it, uh, the 21st. Yeah,
1: I, I am very excited to skip that. I mean, not pay attention. I mean, do that event.
0: Yes, and I promise Phalanx Frontlines or whatever is not becoming my Grand Conquest. I just, I had a busy... My son started uh, kindergarten through remote teaching, so... That's, I will say this, I have a whole other podcast dedicated to talking about that, uh, but I'll say this, watching a kindergarten teacher teach 20-odd kids through Google Classrooms or Google Meet, it's like watching It's like watching someone herd cats through a Zoom call. It's interesting. Now, mind you- Yeah,
1: that, that's about what I was figuring.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Although, actually,
1: I think the herding the cats might be easier.
0: Uh yeah, although I'll give I'll give I'll give the uh I'll give a shout out to these teachers that are doing this because honestly I to keep your composure and and do that type of work, that takes a lot of patience and a lot of strength. Um and then kudos to all the parents that are sitting there and trying to teach their kids how to mute their mic. And uh Caden's doing pretty well with it. But anyways, if, if you want the whole details and you wanna hear you know me complain about that and, and hear someone else complain about uh that you can go listen to dungeons and diapers where we're going to talk about that uh but
1: but yeah it's not likely that frontline felix will become your bland conquest because you know it actually has to last longer than a day or two
0: yes well if i had known it was only i look i should know that it only lasted a day because we do a podcast about fireloom heroes but
1: why should you know it's an event they didn't give a you know this only lasts for two days it just They didn't fully explain that it, you know, once you win it, it's done. So I I didn't know that. Grand Conquest goes on for six days of me ignoring it.
0: Maybe we crushed it. Maybe that's why it was over so quickly. Like we just crushed it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think they miscalculated how quickly people could power up and use the skills and stuff. Well, one thing I found out halfway through is that you don't automatically get the uh, shields, you have to complete quests for them. See, Uh, I did
0: all the quests, I just didn't jump in. (laughs) frontline failings. I, yeah,
1: I, I went to use a shield because there was one where it was like a nine point nine multiplier and it said, Oh no, you have to go lock unlock the shield. It's like, well, oh, that's stupid.
0: And then he walked away. Uh well we'll you know, the next time Failings Frontline pops in, we'll we'll give it another shot and uh hopefully hopefully it went well for everybody who did get a chance to try it. But we've got new heroes we're gonna talk about from the tellius series. Faye returns to the world of Tellius to bring more favorites from Path of Radiance. That's right. In the new Heroes Despair and Hope banner, you've got all kinds of Tellius fun to be talking about. I don't know. I went off script. Kicking things off with a special hero only graduate. So we got Eddie, who do we have first?
1: First, we have Ilyana, Hungering Mage. Ilyana has always had a strong hunger from the magic she uses. And return, she returns to heroes without a costume this time as a blue tome infantry unit. Uh, and she is also this man's four-star focus unit. She wields the Blar Fox plus tome at five stars, a new weapon that inflicts negative four on the main four combat stats, attack, defense, speed, and resistance on the enemy during combat if she initiates the battle. As a four-star focus, she does have no new skills but does come with Iceberg, Mirror Strike, and
0: Riz Boy. More like Blarg, Phlox, uh No, sorry, that doesn't work. Uh, it, it, it's really interesting to see them lean so hard into the... Uh, they eat a lot. Like, I know being a mage can be tough, right? Like, it's, it, it requires a mm-hmm. lot of mental fortitude, which makes you want to have more snacks. I get yeah, that. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit, I originally thought that iliana's hunger
1: thing was something from you know growing up near nearly starving okay. but the when i looked into it uh from what i can tell on the wiki and stuff uh that has no bearing she's just always been you know she always burned calories really fast and her ma- magic helped it go even faster and if she didn't eat a ton while training she would constantly faint and stuff so just always been part of her just a heavy eater
0: yeah she's got a high metabolism she's just yep She's rocking around. Where does she put all the food? She's got, like, one little pouch. That's it. Like, one little side. I think the eating
1: satchel. she does, you know, in one place, she doesn't carry a ton around with her, which no? is partly why when she was training, she would often collapse from exhaustion because so she didn't like eat a, enough before, ahead of time.
0: She would have, like, a little yeah? baggie no. of trail mix or something in there. Like
1: Maybe, maybe that one little pouch is a, um, uh, what is it called? Bottomless bag or, I forget the name in uh, D&D. You know, those bags that... Bottomless bag still... sounds right. Sounds about right. I can't remember the official name, but, you know. She's got,
0: she got a sweet cape. I'll say that. Yep. Um, but,
1: by the way, quick side note. Sorry oh, to yeah. jump back on us. But I looked it up, and the Frontline Felix quest to unlock the shields are still going for another five days. So I think we finished it a lot quicker than even uh, IS was expecting.
0: Huh. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Then that would mean that would explain why I I kept unlocking that stuff. All right, well there you go. Phalanx Frontline. Maybe it'll come back. Like it, I don't know. I maybe I don't know. Anyways, maybe we'll keep on. Mm. We'll we'll hold on to the, those. The
1: events. The events list says the event has ended. So it does. It did the other day. So
0: yeah, yeah. Maybe well,
1: next time we'll have multiple bosses, or they'll be even tougher, or more difficulties. I'm sure they'll adjust it like they usually do.
0: Yeah. Well I look forward to Frontline Phalanx Plus in uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but we don't we don't have any information on that. We but we are gonna talk about Shinon the Scathing Archer. Shinon's a first rate archer and a veteran member of the Grail Mercenaries. This colorless bow infantry wields double bow, accelerates special trigger with cooldown count minus one. Effective against flying foes, as we all know. If unit is not adjacent to an ally, grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus five. During combat and unit can counterattack regardless of foe's range. He has a new special skill called Deadeye. The cooldown of 3. Doubles damage dealt, disables non-special skills that reduce damage by X percent. And finally, rounding out his kit is attack slash defense solo 4 in the A slot, lull attack speed. Uh, lull attack slash speed three in the B slot and times pulse three in the C slot. So this was the this was the archer that was going around very high maintenance like not high maintenance, but he's very serious about bow maintenance to the point where he had a whole forging bonds dedicated to it. And yeah. this guy's interesting. It seems like one of those characters that I should remember from Path of Radiance, because I know I got far enough to see Grail. Uh, die so in, in, in that game Grail dies we get a little bit of this in the forging bonds as they want to like find Ike kind of like give him, give him a talking to but I guess he's pretty upset that Ike gets command of the Grail mercenaries so he leaves uh, or he gets upset and then he leaves and then he takes uh, the, the G if, guy with if him. If
1: anything Shinon seems a step away from being Ashnard if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Uh, well, a- Ashnard's thing is all about you know if you have power you should rule. Whereas Shinan, in a similar fashion, feels that Ike should not be the leader of Grail's mercenaries because his father was Grail.
0: Yeah, he feels yeah. it shouldn't be hereditary. It should be. Yeah, I mean, I merit-based, and you, you kind of, but the, but you said the word there, like merit-based, like. What yeah. Ashnard is thinking is power overall, merit is not necessarily power, it's it's earned, you know, and I think that's where in the Forging Bonds you see um these characters, they wanna they wanna earn their, their keep at the Order of Heroes, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not saying that uh like I'm not saying that Shinon is right to challenge his leadership and leave with, with Gatri, but I, I really do think that there is you know, there are issues sometimes when you just go down the line, uh, the next in, in line, like from a Her- hereditary, oh, yeah. of course it worked out, you know, it obviously worked out cause Ike is Ike, you know, it was a good pick, solid pick, but, um, I can kind of see where he was coming from in that, like, Hey, maybe, maybe we don't go with the kid. Maybe we go with, uh, you know, me.
1: It is a subtle difference, and that's why I said he's not hes not exactly like Ashnart. He's close to Ashnart, but yeah. I mean, the difference between merit and straight power, I mean, power generally leads to having a better chance of merit. Just, he, you know, as his forging bond shows, he actually cares about maybe not people so much, but doing things properly, which doesn't have much to do with power per se. Uh, with him going around helping all these people who he's clearly annoyed with, but he's still helping them. Yeah. Whereas I believe Ashnard would say, "Oh, you can't maintain that properly, and chop your head off for it, or something."
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, it it's definitely not the the same. But I, I, yeah, like what you're saying, it's um, he he's his mind similar
1: but different, in... similar
0: but different. But his mind is in the same place where it's like well, I guess I gotta prove myself, so I'm gonna go around and do this, but I'm not gonna be happy about it. That doesn't seem like a good thing either. So, yeah. 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 And I, like, I got through some
1: of uh, Path of Radiance back when it first came out, so I don't remember it at all. But, I mean, eventually, Shanon joins your thing, so maybe Ike proves himself to him or something? I don't know. Or he's just constantly testing Ike to make sure he does deserve to be where he is, which is what it kind of feels like here. You know, yeah, he's pushing him to make sure he deserves it, not so he's not just sitting on his laurels or whatever, because he's leader because of his dad. So. Yeah,
0: judging by the meet the heroes guide, it sounds like uh, you know impressed by. He does run into them. Uh, he opposes the Grail mercenaries at one section. And uh, impressed by how Ike has matured and moved, by Rolf's words, Shinon decided to return to the group. So it sounds like they re- they rejoin the group, but it's uh, it's it's on the like in in typical Fire Emblem fashion. Got to get a guy to go talk to him type thing. So
1: oh yeah, because I was reading through Gatri's stuff for the thing. Speaking of Gatri is a knight who is capable on the battlefield. He's the Armored Amore. He's a Knight capable on the battlefield, yet disastrous in love, yet he never seems to let that hinder his attempts at finding love. And he joins Heroes as a Blue Armored Lance unit. He wields the Spirited Spear Plus, which gets attack defense plus four, and a cooldown boost of one per foe's attack during combat if he has bonus active on him. If you remember, bonus is most buffs, essentially anything that lasts for one turn or that turn only uh such as rally and home skills. He has a new skill called Crafty Fighter, which on defense, uh essentially the foe initiates combat. While his health is at 25% or above, it guarantees him a follow-up attack and inflicts a cooldown debuff of one per attack on the foe. He also comes with Moonbow and Fortress Defense Resistance. Uh, but as I was saying, I was reading through uh catry to get some info on him. And it sounds like he's there near the beginning with Grail and Titania, but he doesn't actually join as a playable character for you fully until chapter 13. So it sounds like after Grail dies, maybe he and Shannon depart for a while and Ike eventually gets them to rejoin.
0: Hmm. I think they re- probably, I would imagine they rejoin the same chapter, right? That That would make sense.
1: It's highly likely, highly possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure. I didn't look up Shannon since I wasn't doing him.
0: Yeah, well it's it's interesting um that this is another typical Fire Emblem sort of trope where you have the you have the the, the serial flirter who goes around and is just clueless about um, his attempts of you know, he basically in the Forging Bonds just goes around and asks people out. Like he scares. I thought they were going to pull another Fjorm uh, story. <laughs> and Fjorm's just like, ah, no, please, I'm running. Which, you know, probably best to just get away from this guy. He's, and then he gets interested in Thrush which is like, hmm, I mm-hmm. don't think you should go barking up that tree, buddy. That's uh, probably not a to be good to idea. your own. Well, I just. I agree. Not something I'd chase after, but, you know, it's your own. I, I think it's dangerous. uh, He just seems kind of clueless, you know? And uh, I don't really dig those characters.
1: I'm not sure he's so much clueless. I mean, he is clueless. But it also feels like there's a bit more of a desperation to him. He desperately wants a girlfriend, just has no clue about how to do it. You know? Yeah. Because if you look at his initial interactions, he's pretty much asking them to... His girlfriend or wife, even straight off the back after meeting them, and that's you know as opposed to Sylvain who woos them with no intention of anything you know longer than a fun time. Yeah, he's far more clue clue you know knows what he's doing and is fully aware of what he's doing and has his reasons for doing it. You know, whether it's a healthy way to deal with his issues or not, one would argue probably not, but he has his reasons, just, you know, he's far more skilled at it than Gatry.
0: Mm -hmm. Indeed. Indeed, good sir. And uh, one of the characters that Gatry uh, joins Faye with is uh, Jill Fiery Draco Knight. Jill is a Draco Knight from Dain who serves with the forces guarding the kingdom's borders. She's also the daughter of Sheharam, uh, a renowned lord who governs the territory of Telraga. As a green axe flyer, Jill wields Telragon axe, accelerates special trigger, cooldown count minus one, if unit initiates combat, or if, if unit is within two spaces of an ally, grants attack slash speed plus six during combat. Unit initiates combat. Unit can make a guaranteed follow-up attack before foe can counterattack. She has a new skill in the C slot called Speed slash Defense... Th- uh, slash des- sorry, this caught me off guard. Speed slash Defense Rain 3, which inflicts Speed slash Defense minus 4 on foes within two spaces during combat. Rounding out her kit is Attack slash Speed, Push 4 in the A slot, Chill Attack slash Speed 2 in the B slot, and Moonbow as a special. So some pretty... uh like it's interesting like as a as a flying unit uh we, we get another wyvern knight in here and yep. again you know talking about uh Gachery before th- they seem to have like this this look early in the fire emblem franchise for wyvern riders like red hair reddish armor hmm. big axe like and she even yeah. interacts with uh, i think minerva at one point in the forging bonds too right I think I
1: so. I do believe she did. Um, and yeah, I, I'll admit, and not maybe it's partially because of she looks very similar to others, or maybe it's because her character design looks very similar to modern Anna, right, or Anna. But I thought we had already gotten her like Iliana in a special banner. You know, maybe it was also because she was pretty high up in one of the forging bonds and she would have come in with one of the, uh, brave redux if they had kept doing that. But I thought we already had a version of her, but not quite yet. I was looking through her earlier and I don't see her listed elsewhere.
0: Yeah, she does so. look familiar and I think you nailed it. And now that you say it aloud, Anna is a very, it's a very striking, uh, similarity between the two. I, think, I can see that. If
1: anything, I think the, um, three houses Anna looks where Anna looks a lot like her,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I can see yeah. that. But again, uh, like it's just—I uh, it, mean, just...
1: Fire Emblem has its tr- has its tropes, like the trio of Lance, Pegasus sisters. There's six or seven of them around, maybe mm-hmm. not quite that many, but at least three or four of them.
0: Yeah, they do like their they do like their tropes, especially as they kind of bounce around from world to world. But I, mm-hmm. I like I really like the look. You know, kind of the pinkish armor with the pink flourish and the mm-hmm. red hair, like, and then standard sort of fire, early fire emblem gear armor with the with the the hip pads and sort of shoulder pads and stuff like that. Um, now,
1: yeah. before we move on, I do want to know what about what you wrote caught you off guard. What about what, what? What you wrote caught you off guard.
0: Oh no, no, I'll
1: you about that a little.
0: It was rain. It was speed slash defense rain three. And just the word okay. rain, I thought it was, uh, I don't know what it was. I thought it was run. I thought it was, I just, it, I okay. saw E-I-N and, and I'm kind of freaked out. My mind kind of went, what? And uh, that was it. Nothing really worth uh, writing home about.
1: <laughs> I just had to rib you a little for that one. No, it like, you, you wrote it. How <laughs> did you get caught off guard by I it? I did
0: write it, but evidently I didn't, like, write it, you know, so... Uh, I think it's uh I think it's just a new a new not a new word but a new word they've used I, I just I'm never I've never really remembered it but anyways let's I mean, move on let's talk about the grand spelled, hero battle the
1: way it, way it's spelled it would be the thing you hold on to a draco knight or horse with it's true I would think you know reins mm-hmm. but uh, yes our grand hero battle unit Patrine the icy flame lancer one of Dane's four riders Patrine joins heroes as the GHB unit. Uh, for this banner and a, a blue lance cavalry unit, she wields her flame, fl- flame lance, which is effective against beast foes and grants her speed plus three. As well as if she is at fifty percent health or more at the start of combat, it attacks her opponent's resistance instead of defense and inflicts a speed uh, speed res minus five during combat. Uh, as a GHB unit, she has no new skills, but does come with Ignis, attack speed push, and threaten def- attack defense. So, mm-hmm.
0: And she became available in the game just recently, like I think today it, she launched? Today
1: is when her GHB launched, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I gotta say, like, I don't, again, don't remember her from um, Path of Radiance. Didn't probably play enough, and when I did, it was it was oh. over 10 so years. From what ago. I was
1: reading out of her, she... Um, Shows up in early on before Grail dies, chapter seven. It says, uh, it's cut short by when Ranulf and them arrive and spook her army, her men. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah, she is very anti Lagoose, yeah, in the game, not. which is why she has a weapon that has the beast killing attribute,
0: yeah. I like I said, I don't know much about her, um, but I think I think her armor, again, she looks really, really badass with the uh with the armor oh, yeah. she's got and she's going around. Now obviously a bad a bad person, not a great person fire in the oh, firearm yeah. world, but you know.
1: She's got that Volter look to her.
0: Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where it's nice to get a more animated character for the grand hero battle. Like, I think that's your that's your time to really make the uh the bad guys shine right and give them the the mm-hmm. evil 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 fire emblem face right and she totally has it so uh, oh yeah i uh, yeah. Someone
1: like krania is far better than uh say having Ilyana as
0: your GHB unit yeah 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 krania yeah. is also another one she's got the she's got the bad guy fire emblem face so mm-hmm Or bad girl. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to... I got to recruit her. I got to jump in and do that. Yes, I got
1: to remember to do that with her. I think the last GHB unit, I forgot to hop in before it ended. It happens.
0: Sometimes we forget modes. Sometimes we forget new events. But what we don't forget is the fact that we're going to jump into the Outrealm Gate and finish out... Ba-ba-da-ba... Ashen uh, Wolves or Cindered Shadows. The Ashen Wolves are part of Cindered Shadows. I knew that. Um, We're going to talk about the last two chapters, six and seven. As Eddie informed me, who had already finished it, chapter seven is literally just a boss fight, but it has a whole bunch of new story stuff and whatnot, so we're going to discuss both.
1: Well, I don't think I ever straight up told you that, but you figured it out when we got there. That's why I suggested we do them together.
0: Someone had suggested it. Someone had said it. You don't want to take credit oh, for that. Okay. I can give you credit. I, think I tried to. I tried to not tell you it's just a straight up boss fight because I didn't want to spoil that. I think no, you're right. I think you said it was a it was a two parter. It was very much a two parter. And I'm like, yeah, I, I went with. Just it. said
1: together they're short enough that you can do them in one week.
0: Okay. Well, I did That's them in I one week. Said, we both did, and we're going to talk about it starting with chapter six, which is a whole lot of info dump. We got the evil guy monologue. So I'm going to try to get through this and it's a bit windy. Multiple
1: a guy monologues at the start
0: of chapter six. Yes, you're right. That's why there's so much text here. Um, at the holy mausoleum, the Ashen Wolves wake up, and Alfric tells his master plan to get the descendants of all four apostates, uh, apostles, together, and gather the Chalice of Beginnings in order to revive Citri. Now, at this point, you don't know for sure it's Citri, but you and I know it's Citri, so we'll just yeah. we'll just leave
1: it oh, at that. Also, I would just a minor pick. Yuri tells them the plan and Alfred, uh chides Yuri for telling them the plan or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I forgot that, that note. But you're right. I think he does. Yeah, he definitely tells them the plan after he's like, ah, double, double cross. Speaking of which, Alfred starts draining the life force of the Ashen Wolves to prepare the chalice. When asked for his last word, Yuri reveals his own master plan. Dun, dun, dun. He was working with Rea the whole time, long before he started working with Re- Alfric to keep an eye on him as Rhea was already suspicious of Alfric. Rhea, always the, uh, the cunning one, just coming in there and, and knowing what's going on. I mean, Alfrick was pretty... He obviously was, was pretty suspicious. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got that look, right? He's got that fire emblem, suspicious guy look. That's, that's what I'll call it. Um,
1: and just the way he came in in the story, it almost screamed he was going to be the bad guy that- Story,
0: yeah, mysterious benefactor, oh, I don't know. where have we seen mysterious, that before?
1: Mysterious benefactor that everyone loves so dis- intensely, yeah if you get further in, you know,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah uh, Alfred was, however, keeping Yuri's mother and former gang hostage, so Yuri's movements were restricted. that's why uh, he he couldn't tell his friends what was going on. But today, however, Elfric used all of his goons to attack Garrig Mach in order to lure the knights in. This allowed Yuri to free the hostages and ready himself to oppose Elfric, which is why we got the 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 double-double cross and the two monologues, mm-hmm. as Eddie told us about. Uh, the group break their bonds, um, and Byleth arrives to help them stop the ritual. Now, funny note here, Yuri actually, he tied them all up, but he tied them in a way where they would be able to escape eventually, but it still took them um, longer than Yuri thought it would take. And, and everyone yeah, had a line
1: complaining he, about it. He nicked whole little cuts in Balthus's bonds and dispelled the silence on Happy and Constance so they should have been able to easily break it with magic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, And uh, I think they were just so shocked by Yuri's betrayal. Sudden and inevitable betrayal, then sudden and inevitable return to goodness i don't know uh there was a lot of moving parts at the start of this chapter but i think it all kind of like comes together at the end uh but when the group break their bonds and byleth arrives to help stop the ritual uh their blood is still being drained even though they're freed they have already been tied to the ritual and it continues in order to truly stop it the group would have to have a non ashen wolf member stand on the I don't know if they gave a name for these things, but I'm going to call them the blood points. There's like these little red things on the map. And focus just... circles, focus points, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I don't know. Blood point sounds cooler, doesn't it? Sure, that works. Okay, let's call it a blood point. Let's just do that. I don't think the game would ever call it that, but that works for us. we will patch it in after they hear this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, doing so stops the ritual, but Elfric was like, screw it, I'll do it myself. Upon putting... Oh, and then, you know, you fight him and he has a couple of meteor attacks. Um, But uh, upon putting down Alfric, he reveals that he found Citri's body 10 years ago with her body frozen in time. Uh, Rhea arrives and she gets into a battle of words with Alfric, who blames her for Citri's death. Uh, Turns out Citri's like, "Eh, I know I want to die. This is my choice. Uh, I give my life for for Byleth to, to live or her unborn, her child at that point. It's not named. But uh more or less. <laughs> it's it's a weird So here's the thing. It's a weird chapter in that I liked the mechanics of it. It was somewhat simple though at this point. I kinda like just slowly move my way up the map, had the Ash and Wolves kind of heal each other, then because they, they are being drained their blood is being drained throughout the map while you have those two those four blood points uncovered. So they can they can you can traverse all the map, but the ash and wolves start at where the blood points are. And you just have to clear the map, and then you have to have four of your dudes stand. There's no reinforcements, so I didn't, I, I didn't experience reinforcements. I thought for sure the game was gonna dump a bunch of fools at the entrance to the map once I covered my first blood point, but that, that didn't happen. Um, did I don't you know if I killed
1: everyone. Um, well, I'd done it the first time. I don't know if I expected them or not. But, like, when you cover the first blood point, you know, blood fount, whatever. Um, he tells them, "Stop them! Stop them! Don't let them do that!" And maybe I had killed everyone that would have come running after me, but everyone just stood still. So yeah, like, I thought that tell was. Tell you how to stop them, but they just stand there and look at you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they and they do, and I think it's uh, if you turn on the um, what's the word I'm looking for is sort of the danger uh, grid yeah. to show you sort of where enemies can move. It's very um, it can be at first daunting because it looks like um, once you clear the area, there are these like four knights in front of Elfric. And if you see that red grid, it's like, okay, those knights can come attack me. But no, it's actually Elfric has a meteor spell, so you have to kind of watch out for that. I had a couple of, couple of close calls as I was trying to lure yeah. out those knights.
1: There, there's a lot of guys in this map that are um, uh, combat locked, if that makes
0: sense. Uh, like in the sense that they're not going to move, they're just going to fight you? They're not going to move until you attack them. Ah, uh, yeah, so. I can, I can see that. I, I mean, once you like the map is fairly straightforward. Like once you beat Elfric and he does, he has a strong magic attack. So if you try to take him out, you have to be careful. You're not attacking him mm-hmm. with with people who are susceptible to that. But once you do take him out, you do get some further story dump, you know, story info dump, where. But then there's also, like, these unanswered questions to the point where there is a specific line when Alfric asks a very, a very, a very good question in that, why is her body down here and why does it look like the day she died? You know, she's been locked in this look for 21 years. And Rhea's like...
1: so why she looks like the day she died, that never gets explained. But why the body's down there...
0: Oh, no, that does. ...does get explained. But, like the reason she she looks she doesn't look uh, a day past um, past the day she died that's the point I'm specifically talking about because Reyes just says I don't owe you an answer to that and I'm just like that seems cheap <laughs> you know a little a little like I get it right totally within Reyes character to be like screw you you're the bad guy I don't owe you that explanation you've already You've already done enough damage. Why would I give you what you want? But the well, son technically does not owe him anything. True. However, you've got the, you've got Bylith, the son of of this uh, of tree who's who's sitting Our there. You're, you're looking at your mother.
1: Maybe you owe him an explanation as to why you know. And she sort of gives that later on.
0: She does a little as for bit. The,
1: as for the body, yeah, that one's never explained. Mm-hmm. And that I think. Is something that gets more or less revealed in the main game. Oh, because I would be willing to bet that Citri might be, if not same race as Rhea, a similar, or a direct descendant that has a long life or something. Yeah, you know? I mean
0: there was there was definitely hints dropped. I just thought it was it was interesting. But you're right, there are oh, yeah, hints it never dropped.
1: Fully explains it.
0: No, but it's not... Nice, it like. I never thought we were gonna get Byless Mother. Like it's it to me, mm-hmm. in typical Fire Emblem fashion, if there's a parent out of the out of the equation, it's just it's a throwaway line and we just never bring it up again. Right? Oh yeah,
1: and so, so that was a nice thing that this story did. Yes. Um I
0: agree. I well, just let's go
1: ahead and y- sorry.
0: No, I was I was just gonna say you're right. Like chapter seven, the final chapter, does talk a lot more about about what we're sort of grinding on here right now so yeah so let's go uh, and let's finish up
1: later. yeah uh, after we, uh, we catch up with alfric in the cathedral where he's attempting to finish the ritual uh and he does so and as with the previous attempt at the ritual it fails and it ends up turning alfric in citri's body into a giant umbo beast which you then have to defeat um I like I said before, I did finish this last second, so I don't have a ton of the details. But like afterwards, Raya tells you that Citri gave you her heart to save you. Uh, then there's a couple scenes as everyone says their goodbyes, but that's when she explains, you know, uh, also why Citri was somewhere in the abyss. Uh, something about burying her in the cold ground did not sit right with Raya, so she hid her in the abyss where she could visit her. Mm. Which also kind of hints that they might be closer relations than just some random nun at the what monastery.
0: If, what if Rhea is
2: like your grandma? Oh man!
1: I was more saying same species since Rhea is not, you know, human. But I mean it, that it, they could actually be directly related. True. Uh, there's there's plenty of weird stuff with Rhea's species and interactions with humans. For all I know, Citri is a human, but like Geralt had some kind of transfusion with Rhea or one of Rhea's kind that gave her yeah. extended life or alternate, altered body chemistry that kept her body,
0: you know, preserved. I'm sorry. Someone's a fan no it's fine um i i think you're right like you do get this strong sense like rea kind of half explains like as you said why she puts citri down there the other half that she doesn't explain is why she feels so closely because it is it is traditional in in this Fire Emblem world to, to bury your dead and honor them that way, or to put them in a mausoleum, but to keep them in pristine condition, and we don't know if Rey is keeping, you know, Citri's body in pristine condition. It could just be Citri. You know, we do get some further explanation as to why Citri sort of passed away. She was always weak, she was always frail, she was unable to leave the monastery. Um mm-hmm. it's it's really cool that the side story Dove into this character, like you said, we didn't need. I didn't anticipate them doing this, but it's nice that they did address it. It's, it's interesting that Fire Emblem for once has said, like, let's dig a little deeper into this sort of mystery that we've left hanging, and it's unfortunate that it kind of culminates with, you know, uh, a lot of the other, you know, conflicted people situations where they turn into a giant beast. There's a couple of those in the main campaign where they have a weapon they can't use and then they transform it. It's a similar tale and that you're using this ancient thing and you don't know how to wield it. And it ends up just biting you in the butt, you know?
1: And yeah. And like the other thing is Rhea says that, you know, this happened the last time they tried to perform the ritual, but (laughs) you think she would have mentioned that at the beginning, you know? Yeah. Well, I could understand four stories. You know, they don't want to reveal that, oh, the ritual failed and it created a giant monster that <laughs> caused issues. But like, would have been nice. As far as we know, allegedly St. Zeros was the one who did the ritual. So why, why is she still there? Poor, I, you know, I don't know. Because, I mean, sorry, if you're playing Cinder Shadows. hopefully you've played the game and you know that. Uh, spoiler warning. Saros is Rhea. so what? Oh, yeah,
0: I kind of figured that same comp- here. Did
1: the ritual and the person performing the ritual turned into a giant beast? I mean, my understanding her transformation as the Immaculate One was always there. That was just part of her species, her being. Oh wait! So shouldn't she have been turned into an umbral beast? No.
0: What if? Okay tinfoil hat time what if she's able to turn into a monster because that's what happened she turned that's the first time she turned into a monster and then now that's why she's cursed to continue living and she can turn into a monster when she gets really angry she's the hulk she's she's always angry uh,
1: from the way they've explained the rest of it it doesn't quite fit no
0: i know she's not green too so that doesn't work
1: then again Hmm. that's with all the other stories which all the other little details they leave out that we'll discuss when we actually get through proper three houses story.
0: It's a and typical they don't
1: actually explain them, but
0: yeah, no, it's a typical fire emblem story. There is a complete beginning to end, but there are just a lot of holes and a lot of left sort of dangling strings that you like, know, we're not going like to get back.
1: Like that giant Gerald sized hole that is sitting there. Cause I mean, Unless you're trying to tell me that this all happened in that month where you were allegedly hiding in your room the entire time after his death, Gerald should be alive somewhere. Yeah, don't... This is before your hair color changed and after you know, you got the sort of the creator.
2: Yeah. So
1: he should have been around, so and Alfred knew him and his dead wife is sitting there, so why wasn't he in here?
0: They don't even mention him like he's
1: yeah, I think they mention him they once or twice. Him, but, but in the like past in tense. Alfrick's opening monologue or ending monologue of six, opening of seven, where he talks about, you know, as long as Citri was happy, it shows a picture of him with Citri. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I'm sure it could just be as simple as they didn't want to pay to bring the voice actor back, but you it's still they kind a of a glaring hand. pothole. Yeah,
0: it's a little weird, um, but I, overall, it, it's a it's a fun side story. It tells a complete side story, and I think it, it, it enhances the main game, gives you a, you know, gives you literally gives you more stuff to do in the main game with extra, you know, characters and, and, and support conversations. And but once,
1: once you've played through the story far enough, you actually have Citri's name on her gravestone now instead of question mark, question mark, question mark.
0: Yeah, that always seemed weird, like in the main games, like, couldn't you just put her name on the gravestone? <laughs> <laughs> would it have, uh, would it, have would it have hurt? Probably not. Way to honor your dead, folks. Um, maybe the engraver just never came by, like the guy who was supposed to put the name on it. I don't know. Um, and But someone was really good at question marks. I don't know. There I explained it. Plot hole solved. Uh but yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was uh it was a fun side story. You know, it gave us that opportunity we were probably all looking for with three houses, and I know I was, in that we finally got a all houses cooperating type story where you got to control all three sort of lords, which is um something something that I was I think I talked about it on this show. In that, in three houses, it's a little off to be presented the this huge cast of characters. But don't worry, you're going to have to probably kill two thirds of them, right? And, and an mm-hmm. entire part of the game is going to be you hunting them down, right? It's a little, it's so different from past Fire Emblem games where you come across every character for the most part, ninety percent of the characters you come across that are good are on your side and you don't have to worry about, I mean, they Mm -hmm. could die at your hand, like literally at your hands if you fail to keep them alive, but they're on your team as opposed to you having to kill them after spending hours with them, right? It's, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice touch I think. It's good that they went that route and allowed you to, they kind of you know, cherry picked uh, a bunch of characters outside of just the Lords, right?
1: Yep. Uh, Speaking of lords, uh, we are going to be starting up in a couple weeks our next uh, story for Game Club. We'll be doing Fire Emblem, Blazing Blade, Lin's Lin's Tale, Lin's Route, one of the three lords in that game. Uh, It will be the prologue through Chapter 10. Uh, With one side one in there, we may take an extra week to do that separately or just do it as part of the chapter when we get there. We'll figure that out as we go there. Uh, so this is mostly the tutorial for Blazing Blade. Uh, so we'll be doing that uh, before we swing back into three houses once we figure out what route we're doing from Extra Life.
0: Exactly. Speaking of Extra Life, Extra Life is back. So I'm just called looking for your assistance in supporting Children's Miracle Network hospitals around the world. We yes, some special bonuses for listeners that donate. Uh, now, last week we mentioned that it was to Eddie or me in terms of donations uh, from the Extra Life team or the Gamers in Extra Life team. Um, but uh, Eddie and I had a conversation and it sounds like we're going to focus on just pushing folks to, uh, to my profile, which is going to be bit.ly uh, slash Extra Life Ryan. Did you want to jump in and explain a little bit about uh. that?
1: Yeah, essentially I suck at promoting stuff like this. Uh last year I don't think I ever really promoted in the few streams I did on Mixer, which is no longer around, so I can't even do that there. Um I was pretty bad about promoting them. Uh so I may find the time to figure out how to stream on other platforms like Twitch or YouTube. Uh since I don't uh but since I don't have a camera, it seems people want cameras, I may not. Uh you know, it's kind of an excuse for my being lazy to try and figure that out. But uh, I'm probably not going to bother creating a page. And if I do anything, I'll just directly direct you either to Ryan or just the overall TGI team. You know? So and me and Ryan will probably, uh, we've started the discussions. We're probably going to do a special summoners call joint stream together where me playing multiplayer games with him or something
0: yeah yeah that was something we talked about and i think it's uh certainly something we'll we'll share here if you want first details come back in a few weeks or or follow us on twitter or join our discord and we'll talk about it but i think it's very likely we'll do a a special summoners call live stream and we'll play some some video games with the listeners and the donors and um, maybe hang out with some other fire emblem folks Uh, who are also on the Extra Life team, but uh, we'll have more details in the coming weeks. But if you want to donate and you want to affect what route we choose for 2021's first game club, anyone who donates $10 or more to the Extra Life campaign will be able to vote for our first 2021 game club. This year, we want donors to choose which route of Fire Emblem Three Houses we will play and multiple donations will be accepted for multiple votes. Game club donations will be taken until December 31st you can go to bit.ly slash extra life Ryan to donate. And that's just what Lady Anya did. Hello, guys. Really enjoy the show. It's always entertaining and informative. I've made a small donation to your Extra Life campaign. Anya's choice for the first 2021 game club was Claude. I actually uh, I reached out and said, hey, who do you want to vote for? And, and she has thrown her hat into the ring with Claude. Uh, And this is Anya continuing her email. I feel like my boy, Claude, is going to be fighting for votes, so let's go with him. It's funny, but I haven't even finished a single path. I put 130-plus hours into Blue Lions until I got very close to the final battle, I think, and I totally stopped playing because I sort of didn't want it to see it end. Of course, there are still the other paths. Uh, Keep up the great podcasts and the good work, Anya. And I can totally relate with that. I think when I was getting close to the end with my first path for three houses, I think it's the investment you have to put in to get to that end. And I can totally see where you wouldn't want it to end because even though there are other paths, you know, you're going to have to go through part one again, which does not change very drastically with each route. It's the second part that changes. So I I get that. You could always
1: find crazy, insane tasks like I am of trying to. Max out everyone's skills and classes.
0: Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. Uh, and you know, it's funny. I think if you if you do the work up front with maybe your second playthrough, or even your I think your first one's kind of tough, but maybe your second one, once you've got some extra professor points under your belt early on, you can probably get to a point where in your third and fourth playthrough from from be- from scratch that you're able to just recruit everyone with barely any effort, right? Because you can just buy them out essentially yeah,
1: right um abyss has helped is helpful with this and uh although it does also gives you plenty of extra places to spend the uh what do they call it the resolve the i forget what it's called the special currency that it is that carries over into new game plus uh there's a bunch of new ways to gain it and a bunch of new ways to spend it so you know yeah. Pretty much after your first playthrough, first couple playthroughs, you have should have more than enough to straight-up recruit anyone right away. I mean, that's kind of what I did on my uh, Golden Deer path that I've kind of been going overly crazy with, in that I um, put everyone up to support B with Byleth or something like that pretty right away, and uh, so they automatically came to me eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, if I would talk to them, they usually would just say, Yeah, sure,
2: so
0: it's uh yeah, I mean, I think when when you're doing those multiple playthroughs it's uh it's a little easier as you go, but I can totally I can totally see uh the struggle in in finishing your first path, especially after one hundred and thirty hours it's a lot of investment to know that it's coming mm-hmm. to an end, but um oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever well, you know what, I have not finished a second playthrough and with this game club that we were looking to raise funds for extra life with um it'll be my first second playthrough of Fire Emblem three houses so i'm looking forward to it and claude is in the lead verdant winds is the one i don't know i don't think that's what it is is it i think it is verdant winds it's
1: verdant wind or verdant winds i don't know if it's plural or singular but
0: we did it we remembered Eddie, we also finished a show. That's that's going to do it for this uh, jam-packed episode of Summoner's Call. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash Faye. Email the show like Anya did, Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Drellfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers in for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforce.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning.